0: Wonderful... Hi, guys. Uh, welcome to another episode of Rikindi. Uh Here we're really just discussing spirituality, science, health, and wellness. Uh, so uh, today I have uh, Olivia who's joining me. Uh, hello, Olivia, and uh, welcome.
1: Hi, good to be on. It's an honor.
0: Awesome, awesome. And so For those of you listening, Olivia, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, um, who you are, and um, yeah.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, So I am what I call an intuitive body worker and an artist. Um, I work mainly with acrylic and oil paints. And um, what it means to be an intuitive body worker is really just I follow and feel uh, where my hands are guiding me and where they want to go, how long they want to hold in certain areas of the body. Uh, I do want to further my practice into somatic experiencing and work with somatic psychology and trauma. Um, But right now I'm just more of following my hands and holding spaces on the person's body that they are called to go to go,
0: yeah. Absolutely, absolutely beautiful. And uh, what exactly got you into that in the first place? Because it is quite a unique um, field to be in and one that you obviously have to be very intuitive and very connected to um, different energies and and so on.
1: Yeah. um, So my mom actually is very much into this field of work and I grew up around it, essentially. So she does various forms of body work that are more from a spiritual base, like Reiki healing, uh, craniosacral um, acupressure, Jinshindo acupressure, which is slightly different than Shiatsu. Shiatsu is based in in Japan, um, and Jinshindo is, I believe, based in India. Don't quote me on that, but (laughs) it's a totally different approach than Shiatsu, uh, it is much more, um, energetic and intuitive and collecting different aspects of the meridians where you hold them for a long period of time, whereas shiatsu is more of like a flow of one meridian rocking down it back and forth. So it's just a, it's a different approach, um, both physically and psychologically to acupressure.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Well, I think, um, what we'll do is we'll have to go um, through each of those independently just because they're such interesting things to learn about. Um, And I know for myself, you know, um, a lot of that is quite new. I'm fairly familiar with Reiki, um, but the other ones, you know, I've never really heard about. So I'm I'm really curious to see how it can benefit the body and and where that whole thing uh, goes. So you were saying that um, with your mother, you learned um, a lot from her. Um, What then started to get you actually wanting to begin? Was there like a certain moment when you were like, yes, this is what I want to do? Or was it kind of always there?
1: It was more of like a collective knowing since I was a child that I was hypersensitive to energies, hypersensitive, uh, honestly, just to the sensory experience. So I would get very, very overloaded. Uh, even in movie theaters or crowded places, I would want to go home. I would want to go somewhere quieter. I was just feeling a lot and taking on other people's emotions. Um, honestly, throughout my whole life, I I could tell that I was like what you would call empathic um, and also just a HSP, hypersensitive person. Mm. My mom being very much that way, too. So it was kind of a accumulation of having a lot of experiences where I could tell that I was tapped into a bit more than the average person. And then being working customer service or in the service industry growing up as an adolescent and young adult, I found that my energy was being very taxed out and exhausted frequently. And it's because I wasn't like using my natural attunement in a way that was beneficial for other people and myself. Mm. Um, so I do get drained even in body work, but it's a different kind of drained. Um, it's not a just like clash of my energy with what I'm being asked to do. It's more of like a, I put it towards something productive that means a lot to me. So like a good tired
0: <laughs> wow. is
1: how you would put it. Yeah.
0: And I could I could totally imagine, like, uh, being in the customer service industry is probably one of the most intense um, yes. industries you can be in because you get confronted with a lot of anger, you know, and a lot of frustration.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And wow. that was, like, very just combative for me, like, internally. Like, mm-hmm. why am I not fitting this bill? Why is this not something that comes naturally to me. Why can't I handle this the way other people do? Why can't I just shrug it off? It would mm-hmm. affect me for days on end. It would take me like my whole weekend to recover just to be like what I used to call energetically shredded again.
0: Wow, wow. So. And so coming from like all of that, which is quite heavy, how would you then learn, like what what steps would you learn to clear yourself um, and then step onto a path that um, was really geared towards you know your your highest joy and um, what the, seems to be the reason that you you're here as a natural healer.
1: Well, she she actually my mom recommended to me. She's like, why don't you do body work? Why don't you do what I do? And you know you never want to do what your parent does. <laughs> but I thought about it. I'm like, well, I haven't been able to really make money with my art, and this is another way that I can use my sensitivity and my gifts and even my creativity mm. to. Uh, not only benefit me, but other people. Mm. So yeah, I decided to go to massage school. And the actual like being in massage school was very exhausting, very hard. It was like 80 hours a week for a good six months there between school work and um, clinic hours. But as soon as I started body work, like the real thing, I was like, Oh, yeah, this is the ticket. This is it. Like I Just it feels like you slide on the perfect pair of fitting shoes Mm. that you never knew you could fit
0: into and you never want to take them off. Um yeah. So when you when you're kind of doing this body work, do you feel the light and the love kind of rushing through you to that person? So it's almost like you're a a gateway or a connection. Um
1: yeah, absolutely. Especially when you tap into the Reiki energy, that's Mm. really what it's about is connecting to that higher power and love and light and understanding that you were just a conduit or like a, you know, a lightning post that's collecting the energy from source and channeling it to the person through you. It's Mm -hmm. not really you doing the work. It's like source working through both of you. Um,
0: yeah. Wow. That's phenomenal. And so you really have learned to connect to that purely from going into this whole energetic, um, healing, uh, and, and, and the whole massage route. Is that correct? Or?
1: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of it too. Um, I find because the reality of it, like being a massage therapist, there are days you're tired. Mm-hmm. Um, there are days where you're not, and especially when you're not taking care of your vessel and your body, mm-hmm. it's not just like this extify like ecstasy experience all the time where you're just like totally plugged in. There are days where I'm more plugged in and days where I'm not, you know, just we are human. Um,
0: <laughs> so,
1: yeah, yeah. But what I can find that will like, if I ever feel like that's stalling out or I feel like I need to reconnect, mm-hmm. like, interestingly enough, going into self-compassion or having compassion for My own pain or like on the days that I'm feeling very depressed or feeling very disconnected, going into my own feelings of being hurt by the world and what the world is, helps me open my compassion to other people. So it's like, you know, you can't, you can't heal other people without healing yourself, but Mm -hmm. healing other people helps you heal yourself. So it's just this paradoxical, like, thing that's Mm -hmm. really incredible.
0: Well, I mean, everybody's interconnected, you know, everybody is so interconnected because um, uh, if you've been, if you look at like the the Big Bang theory, we all came from one finite point, you know, everything, everything was a compression of all of these atoms and molecules just bursted out. And exactly. And on Earth, we're all so interconnected. We all started from, you know, the first bit of water that, that started life. Um, exactly.
1: So, yeah. A hundred percent. I was actually listening to a podcast today um, talking about the extended mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, some, I forget the author's name, but basically the concept behind it is our mind doesn't stop at our skull. Like we all really are interconnected through our minds and through our bodies. And that was really interesting to think about because how you learn who you are, in the world is through touching and through touching other people and through mirroring and mimicking their facial expressions. That's mm. how you learn about yourself. Mm. So it's like we we don't end at the end of our bodies. We really are just like what you said, part of the Big Bang, part of the same molecular structure, all interconnected and interwoven together.
0: And I mean, even if you look at epigenetics, you know, and understanding that our, our genes actually do carry memories. Um, you know, that are passed down. So
1: exactly, So there
0: are great yes. that are happening at the moment that are um, explaining how much we are interconnected. And, like, there's um, the mycelia, the fungi. Um, they're doing an experiment at the moment, well, I'm sure there's multiple, where they're looking at the actual interconnectedness of all the fungus um, across Oh, the wow. They kind of say that if the trees and the phytoplankton are the lungs of the planet, um, it's like the fungus are the veins of the planet. And they're mm. actually lot of the plants like nutrients and so on. So it's like you're on this um, cell that is planet Earth and the cell is all working as a symbiotic um, organism.
1: Incredible. I've seen a few documentaries on that a couple of years ago. Uh, what was the mushroom guy's name? Paul yeah. Steiffens? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. The mycelium and the vein system. I think that's a beautiful way to put it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely.
0: Yeah. And so on that topic anyway, um, I was absolutely blown away by your artwork. I mean, it was it is so Aww. multi-dimensional and multi-structured. And so um, yeah, I'd, I'd really love um for you to tell all the listeners a little bit, you know, about your artwork and um, you know, what what, what that's all about.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, I've always been very into visual art. I was always into drawing and then eventually that morphed into painting. And I, I kind of, I mean, I wouldn't, maybe I can call it channeling Mm -hmm. visions of my art. Uh, they just, they come in, um, usually like out of nowhere. And then I do my best to try to paint them. My current theme is more around like sacred spaces in nature and invoking a feeling that you get when you go to one of these like very, very sacred places. Like I've made one of Sedona. I've made one of um, Mount Shasta, like kind of these more obscure places in the United States that are seen as like energetic vortexes. Wow! Like you definitely do shift uh, your entire like aura when you go into these places. So I'm incorporating like sacred geometry with actually some of the plants from that area, and then putting it onto the canvas to hopefully carry the energy, the energy that I felt when I was there, and then also have a little piece of the land actually on the canvas. Wow! Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's my current series. Uh, Previous series have been more, um, it's more emotional and it's not exactly wall art. (laughs) Um, I have quite a few paintings that are a bit dark and it's almost like I'm, I'm purging that energy out of me or I'm putting some sort of body to it because all energy or emotion really wants to do is be expressed. So I'll get a vision of how crushed I feel or how inhibited I feel or how, um, broken I feel. And I try to put that on a canvas, Mm -hmm. but I'm very into like the concept that, you know, dark creates light, pain creates love, like, or love creates pain. They're all interwoven. So Mm -hmm. the Lotus grows through the mud to create enlightenment or compassion or you know um so I have quite a few pieces where that duality is being encompassed duality is basically my theme for my work and my artwork um just of incorporating the light and the dark and how they create each other and how embracing each of these states bring you into wholeness and that's really what I want to do with my body work is show people that there's no part of them that they need to reject shadow or be afraid of mm. because it's all bringing them into a deeper sense of wholeness.
0: That is so there's, there's so much um, profound insights into what you're saying, you know, like going into that whole wholeness, you really look at everything as uh, masculinity, femininity, white, exactly. life, happiness, sadness. And if you're on this um, permanent happy trip, um, you can never understand what that actually feels like because it, it, you kind of not, it's it's neutral, whereas, um, you know, having that polarity, it, it was natural. Correct. Was, Correct. Yeah, that's phenomenal. The contrast creates the value. Mm, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And it is. You know, to be human is to experience emotion. It is honestly to uh, be all encompassing and and in in total eyes and ears and heart open when you're in love. But you know, when you're feeling sad, being compassionate and having your eyes, ears, and heart still open to that sadness and to that experience. So that's just exactly. So, mm, mm. And it does um with with your 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 life work and uh, your art. Um, at the moment, uh, because of COVID, and obviously, you know, all of this, um, and, and in the United States particularly, I mean, you guys have had insane protests with the BLM last year. Yes. Election. You've got like all of these things. Um. Do you feel that in yourself? Oh you yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I feel that. Yeah. More. I
1: honestly have ne- never been more anxious, depressed. Um. Just wild wild energy moving through me this last year and it's like every day is different um and it's not this constant anxiety and depression it's like also like elation and like just feeling very 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 deeply interconnected more than I ever have like seeing the hive mind more than I ever have like mm. I'll be thinking a thought and then my friend will like send me a podcast on that thought. And it's just like our minds are moving so much deeper and quicker than they ever have. Um, but yes, feeling the collective fear and feeling the collective retraction and expansion at the same time. its so It's been very say, intense.
0: Why would you say that this hive mind is increasing? What What do you think is the catalyst for that?
1: Well, I do think that technology plays a role. Um, Now we are more rapidly connected through our phones than ever before. So we're constantly Mm. being fed very similar information, especially if we are very similar people and we have similar interests. Right. right. So that's part of it. But I think too, um, I do, I do believe that there is a paradigm shift going on um, energetically, even beyond the technology where we're moving more from this individual focus, like, you know, the past couple hundred years, it's been very about like industry and like building corporations, building money for the individual or, you know, capitalism, especially it's all about get more for me. And I think we are slowly coming out of that. And a lot of these paradigms that separated us, these like mind constructs that we are separate people are breaking down and people are realizing that, you know, we literally can't survive on the planet unless we move out of this more for me mentality. We're learning we have to work together as a collective and we need to decolonize the separation that we've been programmed into to literally survive. (laughs) Like. Whatever is happening isn't working anymore. Um, so we have to break, like, with the BLM movement and everything, we have to break through the racism. We have to break through uh, the greediness, uh, the hoarding of resources. You know, that's just literally unsustainable. And I think that with technology, more people are aware that this isn't working, too, because we can all get information a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So that's... That's also a positive aspect to it. Um, But also, ironically, this is kind of a side topic. The technology is like separating us if we let it. If we don't use the tool with our consciousness, it's creating more isolation, especially with the pandemic. More time where you're just like used to sitting in your little cube sucked into your little world on your phone. But a side effect of that is we are craving this connectivity. We are craving this sense of community. It's now kind of become like a thing of the past to like get together with a group of people, and now we want it more than ever. That's so, so,
0: true. so true. yeah, <laughs> we well, almost see it as like a pendulum, and so exactly. as a, you'll have a pull towards people, you know, breaking free or wanting to be a bit more. I suppose the isolation was forced, but you know, you having, and then you, like you were saying, you get a pendulum pushback of people saying, "Well, we." We need connection. We need to become more conscious because if we don't, exactly like you said, um, we'll be destroyed. There was this um, I don't know if you've seen these two documentaries. Um, one is called Sea Spiracy and the other one's Cowspiracy.
1: I have seen Cowspiracy and I've heard of Sea Spiracy.
0: Oh, uh, not they, yet watched. It is it is I I honestly did cry. It was it was so heart wrenchingly yeah. painful to listen to and watch. But in saying that it does open your eyes, you know, for Seaspiracy, looking at how massive corporations are just killing all the fish in the ocean. Um, and I looked up on the the, the tuna that we have is um, made from Thailand, which is a known tuna company that has just been absolutely exploiting and just destroying oh, all no. the fish, you know, through overfishing. And you can see if they are trying to like make their ends meet you know all they're caring about is getting food in their stomach they're not they don't care about the ocean or or have the time or capacity to open their empathy and you know expand their awareness to this entire planet whereas us in the west a lot of us have um our basic needs met so we have time to to care for everything else to to study it to look into it and so there is this divide almost between the third world countries that are um, really doing the dirty work for the rest of the world, and and um, you know most of us are oblivious, or hopefully used to be, <laughs> to what is going on. And and like you're saying, hopefully there is going to be um, more people rising up and saying, hey, we don't want this anymore. Hey, capitalism isn't going to work. Um, and with the rise in like AI, um, mm-hmm. so many people saying a lot of these jobs um, that people could do um, will be converted to machines and so in that instance capitalism wouldn't work because you have to support everybody who's lost their job so you almost have right. this natural pull towards socialism because you can't run a country or a, a world any other way
1: exactly those are incredible points exactly oh. <laughs> And
0: having, having like uh jobs like yourself you know is so important because something like that a computer cannot do i mean you're literally working with energy which yeah. is something That is more than the dimensional um, plane that most of us can see. You know, it's going into things that are a bit more, a lot deeper or a lot more expansive. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, it is. It's really funny. Um, I always, I always say that I break computers when I walk past them because it's freaking true. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's why um, our Zoom call had a hard time. (laughs) No, like, and I I sometimes wonder about that. I'm like, are certain people's, like, electromagnetic field affecting the AI?
0: (laughs) There's one interesting um, phenomenon where, um, so back in the day, a woman, uh, she was running for an election, I think was in Canada, but I could be wrong. Um, and, uh, th- there was a glitch in the system and she got like way more votes than she was meant to. And they were like, how did this happen? Cause it was computer coding. And in that moment, it was like a lightning had struck or, you know, there was a, a push in the energetic force that had, Whoa. yeah. So there is actually, um, a weird phenomenon that people can't really explain that does actually cause glitches, um. Within. seriously yeah definitely <laughs> definitely I'll link the um I'll link the video below after okay
1: yeah that. I'd be super interested in that because I've been I've been looking it up because I'm like this is just too weird every time I get involved with technology something goes off and I think it's because I'm just not meant to work with computers <laughs>
0: <laughs> very very unusual Yeah, and I mean, on that note, I'm not sure if you're um, familiar or, you know, with any sort of psychedelic that we're discussing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And do you reckon that that kind of opens you up to a different awareness? um, Absolutely.
1: Um, So I have two things to say about psychedelics. Yeah. A, they are absolutely essential if you want to expand your borders, like Mm -hmm. of what you feel like you're – humanly possible. Like they have been such a key feature in my journey of finding these deep spaces in myself of even understanding what I'm feeling. I've always been sensitive to energy, but psychedelics is what opened the door to be like, this is what you're seeing. This is what you're feeling. Wow. Um, and it definitely took me into some very deep spaces of my heart consciousness that I would not have been able to access without with where I was. It mm-hmm. sped up my process so much, particularly mushrooms. That's the main thing I've used. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely recommend, like, but the second thing, they can only take you so far. There comes to a point where you have to do the work and they've shown you all that they can show you, and you have to go back out into the world and into your life and integrate what you've learned. And only you can do that through the power of meditation, through the power of showing up for yourself every day with your practices that you have honed in on or developed or even seen that you need through psychedelics. But you have to do that and they can only do so much for you. It's a combination. I do. I have known many, many people who have taken it too far and expected the psychedelic to do the work for them. And they've, you know, there's, there's a risk. You can go schizophrenic if you use too much of it. Like you have yeah. to be able to keep a foot in each world oh, totally. and balanced. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think it's really um, a tool to uncover your subconscious in a way, because, you know, a lot of the things that you're dealing with will come up within those trips, you know? So if you are in a really bad headspace, you know, you could have one and then you, that trip would be, it would be quite toxic. Um, and so it can almost be like a mirror to really yes. say, okay, cool, this is what I need to work through because this is obviously what's showing up. And this is what yes. I need to in order to fully experience this beautiful now moment. Um, and potentially people with that schizophrenia are like stuck. I mean, there's chemical imbalances that can happen as well um, because the brain is so unique and, and intricate. Um, but on, in saying that, you know, they could be stuck, trapped in their own story, um, unable to escape.
1: Absolutely. And that's where the integration piece is so essential. Mm. Because if you don't give your time to integrate, you don't give yourself time to integrate those lessons, then it's almost like your brain gets overstretched too far for it to, for it to even take what it's learned. And that's where you get stuck because your capacity is maxed out and you've gone over it. So your nervous system literally gets traumatized from that. And when the nervous system says, I... I don't know what to do with this. this. Then you get locked in this state of just overwhelm essentially where you will shut down and you have to, I mean, I think the body is really the missing key point to anything. You have to move into healing your body to yeah. heal your mind then.
0: Definitely. There is, there's a really beautiful book, um, that I read and it's called, um, the, the body keeps score. I don't know if you've ever Yes. Heard it. Oh, oh yeah. Brilliant. That's top of the shelf for yeah. trauma which which is like my main interest so yeah yeah a hundred percent and it, it really um for those listening you know it really does go into how your body holds on to a lot of this trauma that you've experienced where your mm-hmm. conscious mind would say oh um you know, I'm, it's not in my periphery, but yet you, it is actually sitting in your subconscious. And, and really uh, yoga is one of those key uh, points to really help you release what you're holding on in your body so you can release what's going on mentally. And as earlier we're talking about the pendulum swing, you know, as soon as people started discovering medicine and um, how you can consume certain chemicals uh, and it can change the composition of your body, they're detached from your mind body connection. And it was more saying, Oh, well, we can take this and it'll fix these neural connections. Cool, done. They didn't realise exactly. trying to solve the symptoms and not the problem. Um, but the problem at hand can only, like you said before, be solved if you're aware of what's going on in your body and being aware of what's going on in your mind and know that you are not separate. It's one whole you are one whole system. Everything is interconnected as it is in the world.
1: One hundred percent. I couldn't say it better. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And and that obviously goes into your body work and your energetic alignment is is really tapping into that whole body and um what's going on in there.
1: Yes, the whole body, the whole system, body, mind, spirit, all of it. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: beautiful. And so tell me a little bit about the um cranioscarol therapy, because I've really <laughs> never heard that before. Craniosacral? Yeah. Yes.
1: Okay. So craniosacral targets the central nervous system. It has to do with your cerebral spinal fluid flowing from the fourth ventricle of your brain all the way down to your sacrum and back up. Mm. There's a rhythmic pulse, almost like a wave that the practitioner can tap into um, with practice. It's a very, very subtle energy. Usually at first it's very hard to feel, but you can get to a place where you can feel it and tap into it. And it's kind of tied into quantum physics. Um So if you know anything about quantum physics, basically particles will change their wavelength or their pattern under the guise of an observer. So the practitioner being the observer is basically shifting the energetic wavelength of of the craniosacral wave. So it will change with this calming effect of this uh, practitioner that is essentially trying to make it balance in its rhythm by just having a neutral observation of it. Mm. Um, And then once that is flowing in that rhythmic way, the whole entire central nervous system shifts and each bone has a different energetic to it. Um, So if there's any constriction in the cerebral spinal fluid, there's going to be constriction in the bone and the, what they call osteopaths, the people that studied the bones in the craniosacral system. um, they basically saw that each bone has a flexion and extension with that wave. And if there's constriction in the wave, there'll be constriction in the flexion and extension of the bone. So you can have a a type of very subtle traction on each of the bones as you're holding them. And that's going to reset the bone and help it unwind wherever it's locked um, or not receiving the wave properly. Um, So anyways, sacrum has to do with safety, has to do with grounding, it's root chakra, it's uh, feelings of worthiness, feelings of belonging in the world. And then if you go up the spine to the occipital region, mm-hmm. there is the occiput, which is at the very base of the skull. And that has to do with flexibility in life. If you think about it, that's where you nod your head yes mm-hmm. and no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So each of these bones and the whole system has something different about them. So if you've experienced any sort of trauma to your craniosacral system or trauma in general, it will likely go into one place in your bones. And that's where you're going to feel the tightness. Like the cheekbone has to do with pride and appearance. If you got hit in the face when you were a kid and you broke your face, you're going to have trauma in your cheekbone and there's likely to be a constriction there. So what the practitioner is doing is helping that constriction release and how you'll see it release is the person is going to likely deepen their breath or twitch. They get into that very uh, deep meditative kind of liminal space, the in-between state, and that's where a lot of it is unwinding. Um, So yeah, that's craniosacral. Wow. Were there other modalities you'd like to know
0: about? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, firstly, I'll just, just take a pause and just be like, okay. wow, you know, just that, that was phenomenal. Um, and I, I think one thing just briefly that's spurred to mind um, when you're talking about this is the fact that, you know, there are so many people who experience trauma um, and because they obviously um hold on to what they've experienced, people deal with it very differently. And a lot mm-hmm. of the time, if they treat it badly, they will treat others badly. Um, if they're hurt inside, they'll project that pain and hurt. And so then you have this generation after generation of generation of people, um, being hurt and therefore hurting others. And, you know, some can even argue that that is why we have, um, you know, uh, so much toxicity within our human species that so many people, um, are in positions where they don't feel any empathy. Um, you know, and as a kid, that was probably because they were emotionally, um, had to become emotionally distant in order to deal with the abuse abuse that they were experiencing. And so when you were discussing this craniosacral therapy, it really was so beautiful to, to see, you know, you'd have these people coming in with this trauma and you're actually helping them pinpoint where it hurts, helping them release so that they no longer pass it on to the next generation. Um, and beautiful. Co- yes. So, yes, uh,
1: absolutely.
0: Really, really awesome work that you're doing there. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's incredible. Like, I'm just, before I even knew craniosacral existed, I was like, what? Like, when I found out about it, I'm like, are you kidding me? There's Mm. this? (laughs) Yeah. Because of exactly what you said, like, it helps stop that, like, waterfall effect, Uh, Mm. going back into epigenetics too. It's like, now here's a way that I can stop this link in the chain of generational trauma like, oh, my mother had sexual trauma, I haven't, let's release my sacrum and then that's going to help me not unconsciously spew this onto other people.
0: Mm, exactly, exactly. And and really becoming more aware and conscious of how you're feeling um, so that you can uh, heal that and um, while doing that, become more connected with those around you. Exactly. And so in that, um, on that topic with Reiki, so Reiki would be more like you're saying earlier, tapping into that healing energy that's already there and allowing that energy to flow through you onto the different chakras or?
1: Yeah, it can be the different chakras or it can be really anywhere in the body that needs healing. You could have broke your foot and I don't know. And I asked the Reiki to guide me to wherever needs healing. And if I'm tapped in, it's going to guide me to your foot even if I don't know it's broken, or you broke it six months ago or something. So it's very like a intuitive um, conversation with both, I don't know, I believe in guides. So both their guides and my guides, letting me know um, where they need the healing on their body. And yes, it does help align the chakras. Sorry, what was that? Would
0: you be able to, I was just going to say, if you would, be, would you be able to share any stories, um, obviously not mentioning any names or anything of experiences that you've had with people, um, you know, where you managed to find the right place or um, things that were really quite um, – it solidified in your head, you know, that this was real and, and that it had a serious impact.
1: Um, yeah. So recently I had a client and I thought she was just coming in for a regular massage. Um, she said she needed – something a little more than that. Um, And I was like, okay, well, I just got the intuitive hit, I should start her face up, which I usually start clients face down. And something told me go to her feet. I'm like, okay, so I go to her feet, and I massage the legs a bit. And I'm doing my intuitive acupressure, which I don't do that often. But this is what was being I guess, channeled to me to do. So I was holding different points along her spleen line. And all of a sudden she goes, I can't believe it. You went to all the places that were hurting all the places I came in for, you went straight for. And I'm like, huh? Well, (laughs) and that, that doesn't happen all the time. Mm
0: -hmm. I wouldn't
1: say that, like, that was a regular occurrence. Mm. it's, it's like intuition's something that we all have and it's a muscle that you can build. Mm. Um, so I've been working with my intuition for, you know, since I've been a practitioner for about three years and the more I work with it, the more clear it becomes. But that was a cool indication to me that maybe some of the work has paid off because I really had no idea what I was doing. I was just like closing my eyes and going where my hands wanted me to go.
0: Yeah, wow. Wow. No, that's so cool to hear because um obviously she really needed um, you know, each of those parts to actually be released. And uh, you know, that things like that do make you wonder because it's not just you who's had the you know, there's so many people um who've expressed stories where right. um, they felt something and that, that feeling um has actually eventuated into um something that was very real and had some very real consequences.
1: And it, you know, it ties right back into that, us not, like, we don't end at our own mind. We don't end at our own body. Like, if you're saying to the universe, let me, or, you know, let me tap into this person and they're wanting you to tap in, that border dissolves and you can feel into their body like it's your body.
0: Mm. Wow. Yeah, wow. No, there's, there's a lot of um, very unexplained sort of um, things, and I suppose... You know, uh, science or maths is always just a way to try and explain a lot of the stuff that's unexplainable. Um, Exactly. You know, you have, I mean, obviously I don't know a huge amount um, of this, but, you know, you'd have entanglement theory, which, you know, states that a
1: lot of entanglement theory. (laughs)
0: It's uh, it's interesting stuff, and, and like you were mentioning earlier with the double split experiment, um, which was the fine the detailed point of uh, quantum physics was you know seeing a particle act as either a wave or as a a particle um, when it was forced into a split um, or slit through a machine. It, it does um it does make you wonder you know the fabric of what we call reality um, is not really as um, solid as we think it is you know, it's, it's kind of more our senses, um, and how we perceive the world to be.
1: Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So crazy.
0: Wow. And, um, so you would have a Reiki craniosacral therapy, and then was it, um, acupuncture was the.
1: Acupressure. So it's a little bit different than acupuncture. Acupuncture, you need like a whole different schooling system to legally practice that. Um, So acupressure is just finger pressure. It doesn't involve needles. Acupuncture does involve needles, but both of these modalities involve what is called meridians, which is based in traditional Chinese medicine. Um, So the meridians, they're all tied into the different elements of nature and each of them have a yin and a yang. So a masculine and feminine side uh, and they have, like, an up-and-down flow as well. So you're basically tapping into each meridian. Um, and for me, I'm feeling, like, where the blockages are. in a point along the meridian line can either be Kiyo or Jitsu. Uh, Kiyo is deficient. Jitsu is excessive. So if you have, like, a lot of energy stuck in one point, you probably want to press it hard and for a long time for it to replace, uh, release. And then uh, jitsu, maybe a little bit lighter.
0: Yeah! Wow! Wow! And that's pretty cool that um, you know, this was stuff that the ancient Chinese um had been talking about, you know, years and years and years ago, um, and yet it still has such profound impacts on the body. Looking at your meridians and.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I just. <clears throat> I love like how tied into nature it is because I really do see that we are interconnected to nature so deeply and we're literally made of the earth. Like our physical bodies are made of the earth. They're made of minerals of water. We need sunlight to survive, you know? So I just find it so incredible that uh, there was even like a system created to incorporate the elements into each of our organs Wow. Um. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because it's it's funny that like humans, you know, we it's like we hit a certain point, and then we were like, no, nah, we're not animals. Um, no, nah, we're separate from everything else. And it's like I know, really? <laughs> really. Uh, so what? You just you just popped into existence, did you? Did you just appear here? It's like, well, no, you actually, you can see every single step of the way that you are an animal yourself from earth. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Exactly. Nope. We're separate. We're going to do this now. Well, I think it's, (laughs) I think that comes from just like, I don't know what happened, but there was all of a sudden a shift where we like pedestal the mind and the intellect as being the most important thing. And we just negate everything else. And I don't know when, when that shift happened, but we are mind worshipers. It's crazy.
0: Which is, which is strange because like, even if you look at the gut, you know, the gut is what they call the second mind, you know, because you've got,
1: exactly. all
0: those um, that's a whole little, little civilization in your tummy. You've got your, your heart, which, um, you know, in and of itself has, does a phenomenal job in pumping blood throughout your body. You've got your lungs that produce oxygen. All of this has a very, um, important role, uh, in your functioning as a human being
1: yes exactly it's a whole system whole you system. can't you can't forget the rest of it <laughs> and the fact that fact there are lungs too i mean they look like tree roots okay oh. there's no mistake <laughs>
0: yeah yeah well there's, there's definitely that's going into a little bit of that sacred geometry or the um the pattern that you see where um you know, tree branches like you said are similar to the lungs of a heart or your neuro neurons are very similar to lightning strikes. Um, exactly.
1: You know, or galaxies. Uh,
0: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So beautiful. So so so, so
1: beautiful. So
0: beautiful. And so is there any um sort of, you know, after you know what we've really discussed, things that and, and seeing your or hearing about your really beautiful journey of um, you know, really finding who you are and um since you've been following that intuitive Um, more silent self, you know, it seems like you've really blossomed as an individual, you know, really taking your gift and um, absolutely sharing it with the world and making such a profound impact. What sort of tips or things would you give listeners who are maybe first trying to find out, you know, where do they belong, um, you know, and how to listen to that more silent, intuitive self?
1: Mm, Tip number one, go into into nature. Go into nature by yourself. Yeah, Go and just sit, even if it's for five minutes. Like, absolutely connect with the earth. She's going to teach you all of it. And at first, your mind's going to be really noisy. And what am I doing? This is silly, whatever. I guarantee you, the more time you spend unplugged in the wilderness, the more clear that you're going to get with your connection to everything else. Once you rebuild that connection with Mother you're going to rebuild that connection with your heart. You're going to build that connection with other people. It's like being out there. I don't know what it does, but it just, it reprograms your nervous system. It moves you into the parasympathetic and that's going to help you tap into those more subtle states uh, and literally shift your brain waves. And then on top of it, it just, it reminds you how small you are, and there's something like so humbling about that. It reminds you of the preciousness of life. It's showing you life and death constantly, and when you can tap into that, that every breath is a death, every moment is being renewed and also going by. Like you, are, you're in a di- a different state where you are totally present and where everything is sacred. Nothing is trivial. And once you can tap into that, then I don't know, your your expansion is endless. Um, nature has definitely been my number one teacher through all of this. So that's tip number one. Tip number two, if you can't get out into the wild, because I know a lot of people are stuck in huge cities and It's not like their nine to five allows them some time to like drive into the wilderness. (laughs) So if you can't do that, even just connecting to a tree at your local park, spending five minutes where you're not on your phone, you're not answering emails, you're not responding to text messages, but you're just like back up against the tree and just deep breathing. Like breath work is huge. Like breathe all the way down into your body all the way down into your gut that activates the vagus nerve and that's going to regulate your nervous system and move you back into the parasympathetic and being up against the tree and your feet on its roots it's going to shift your nervous system so all starts with the nervous system and then that changes everything it changes your thoughts it changes your body it changes how you assimilate your food literally everything and once you get once you get control of that then yeah, you're limitless, literally.
0: Absolutely, absolutely beautiful. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously stunning. And I, I can um even vouch for that myself. Um, you know, I've moved off grid and I'm staying in a a cabin at the moment. Um, completely disconnected from society, and uh, it's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> it's so nice. It is so nice.
1: Um, That's incredible. Mm. Oh man, that's, that's my dream. That's where <laughs> I'm headed. <laughs> <laughs> Off grid. Yes. <laughs>
0: so, you know, I used to think like my, what, four years ago, three years ago, the dream life was, you know, this beautiful apartment in the city and I achieved that. And, you know, and I'm sitting in this apartment looking over the river thinking I, I'm supposed to be, you know, in prime time right now. And I, I just, I wasn't. And, um, you know, at the moment I'm, I'm happier than I've ever been. And yet my life is so much more simple you know. Um, less is more. Less oh, is more. That's okay. tip number three. Less is more. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Quit
1: striving over over what you're told. Exactly. Like, yeah, tap into what you feel and mm-hmm. don't go with what you're told.
0: Because mm-hmm. the whole consumerist model, you know how um earlier you were saying, uh, when you learn about different experiences, you learn about them through your family and so on. You know, the same goes for consumerism. You know, you're born into this world where you're being told, hey, you should buy these things and you're not enough until you have these things. And so you're on this trip of permanently wanting to buy more stuff, have more exactly.
1: stuff. The goalpost is always moving. You could always have a bigger house, a better car, nicer clothes, you know, whatever it is. That's what capitalism wants to program into you because that's how it keeps you. In, like it keeps its hamster wheel turning. It keeps you under its guise. Of control, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're more than that. Like you're so much more than that. Our spirit is way beyond that programming. Um, yeah,
0: and it's, it's not saying you know uh, a big house is is bad or having things. No, like what it's is the
1: attachment, attachment to that? Exactly, and your identification with those things being your worth. Exactly. That's where the issue is.
0: Exactly. Well, I have hope for our. um, Our generation, you know, I really have um, I love having these discussions with people because I really feel like if we want to see the future change, um, you know, all that exists is this present moment. And so if we are acting through that space of change right here, right now, um, and enough of us have these conversations, enough of us make the change, choose where to spend our money on or not, um, it will have an impact because it currently already is.
1: Exactly. A thousand percent can say so, it better.
0: Where can people find you if um you know they want to look at your amazing artwork? I'll obviously put a link um down below, but is there any specific way if they want to you know get in contact with you or
1: Oh cool. Yeah, probably uh the easiest way is just to DM me on Instagram. I'm mostly on there at this point. Yeah. Um so I I have two accounts if you want to follow my philosophy, psychology, healing page. Uh, It's sunyata underscore embodiment. And then if you want to follow my artwork, it's just sunyata art. Um, So I will will send you the spelling of that to link under below.
0: Perfect, perfect. And um, yeah, no, thank you so much. What an absolutely beautiful conversation um, and really a way to extend people's awareness to Um, not just what they experience on day to day, that there is something so much deeper and more profound. And if people are feeling really anxious or overwhelmed, particularly during this period, you know, um, take a deep breath, uh, connect to people like Olivia who, um, you know, know how to work with this sort of stuff um, and just know that you, you can get out of it. So.
1: Absolutely. And it was an honor to connect with you as well. So thank you for having me.
0: Not a problem. Well, have a wonderful day, and uh, thank you so much, guys, for uh, for listening.
1: Yeah, thank you.